fantastic. But tonight, we're going to start a new series in church. We're going to have this awesome graphic pop up in just a second. It's called Battle Ready. Sorry, I have been fighting a bit of my own battle the last couple days of... Uh, I promise, I've been washing my hands in Purellin like nobody's business. I just made Purellin a verb, by the way. I have been Purellin like nobody's business since I got here. Uh, I've just been fighting a cold and some other stuff this past week. Um, but I'm feeling good. I feel like I'm ready to preach. Do you mind if I preach tonight? Is that all right? Yeah. Do you mind if I preach it like I feel it tonight? Yeah. So one of the things is, I do have some new faces in the crowd tonight. And uh, one, really glad you're here. Two, again, if I say something that you like or that you just get excited about, if you could uh, talk back to me, you can say, yeah. You can say amen. You can say preach. You can say whatever you'd like. But know that when you respond, I preach better. And when you respond, I preach quicker. Amen. So it's going to be good. But tonight, right there, Battle Ready. We're starting this new series. And the reason we're starting this new series called Battle Ready. Sorry about that. It's going to be happening quite a bit, unfortunately. Um, the reason we're starting this new series, Battle Ready, is because we just had Easter. Who had a great Easter? Make some noise for Easter. How good was your Easter, Resurrection Sunday, the whole weekend? It was great. And uh, last week, I don't know why, but we had people shout out. Nobody had ham, nobody had turkey, but they had lamb and popcorn. And I'm like, do you, boo-boo? Like, however you want to, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's your Easter Sunday, it's your resurrection. Like, you know what I'm saying? You, you do you. Uh, I can't, uh, yeah, I can't. We had mushroom tofu fake something or another. It was delicious. But needless to say, enough about Easter. Oh. Uh, but Easter is incredible. For us, Easter, we didn't plan this, by the way. I think this is just kind of God. I think this is kind of how he does things. Um, he, is, he is cheeky, and he has a sense of humor, uh, and he really, really loves his church. He loves his bride. Amen. And for us, Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, a moment in time that changed everything for anybody who called in the name of Jesus, changed everything. And it fell on the eighth week of church for Takeover Church. Now, I'm going to tell you why that's significant. It's because eight in the Bible is the number of new beginnings. So not only is the resurrection a new beginning for anybody and everybody, doesn't matter if you're cleaned up, doesn't matter if you're lacking, doesn't matter if your neighbor next to you doesn't think that you, just, you belong here, it doesn't matter. The cross is for you. Resurrection Sunday is for you. And it changed everything. You have a new beginning. And as our eight weeks... Well, then I guess it's a new beginning for Takeover Church as well. And we thought that was incredible. And so for us, we really felt pressed to start a, a series called Battle Ready here at church where I totally ripped off the Supreme logo. Um, if you don't know what that is, don't worry about it. You don't need to. Um, but it's awesome. Uh, but we're starting this because I believe with new beginnings come new battles, right? Have you ever gotten to that place in life where all of a sudden you got past a battle or you got something new and then all of a sudden a new battle came in your way? Uh, you got somewhere else in life, you got that promotion at work or you got married and then all of a sudden you had new friction, you had a new battle, you had something new to overcome. So we're believing that as we were in this new beginnings, that for all of us, I often think that the Christian life actually looks like coming from a battle, about to go in a battle. Every time. Because we were made to fight. We were not made to lie down. The, the, the armor of God, we're going to get to that in a minute, doesn't even have a backplate because we were never meant to go backwards. We were never meant to go back. We were only meant to go forward. Yeah. And so for the Christians, we have new beginnings, but we also have new battles. And I want to explore that tonight. Um, sorry, I'm going to just believe that my voice is going to hold up to get through this. But... Man, I believe that we just got out of a series called Built for the Wild. Anybody else love the Built for the Wild series, by the way? 
My man, I'm so glad you're here. Yeah, Built for a While was awesome. I loved it. And here's the thing. The, re the reason I'm bringing this up real quick is because in the Built for the Wild series, we, we describe the wild as our world. The, it is our city, it is our country, it is our state, it is the state of the world, it is the state of people, it is, it is what we're seeing on news, it's what we're reading on the internet, it's what we're hearing from our friends, it's what we're going through in our families, in our household, and the things that affect every single one of us. It's the wild. Is there anybody here tonight that would deny that this world is wild? We are living in a time where, man, it looks straight out the jungle right now. And so, with that, I, I believe we're just going to come up against battle and battle and battle. But I believe as well, if you are a Christian, then this fight is already fixed. Jesus has already done it. You and I already have the victory. If he's won the victory, then you and I can overcome, conquer, and beat any battle that we may come against. Amen. How many of you know that you got something to conquer in this life? How many of you know you might have a few things to conquer in this life? And I believe for us, we got to get battle ready because God has not only won the victory for us, but he has something. He, our, our battles may not come from God in this life. I've learned that. Like, I think a lot of times uh, there's that misthought. It's not even in the Bible. What people totally build their lives on it is that God will never give you more than you can handle. Okay, God, God never said that. And he actually doesn't give you those things. So know that. You have an enemy. He's the devil. We're going to get to that in a minute. God didn't give you those things. In fact, he promised you that he's going to be the peace in the storm. He's going to be the wind in your sails. He is going to get you through it, sustain you, and you're going to thrive on the other side of it. That's our God. Amen. So for the Christian, if we're going to conquer and we're going to experience all that God has for us in our battles, because he may not have set up the battle for us, but he has something for every single one of us to get out of our battles. We got something we can learn. We got something that we can pass on to somebody else, because I've noticed as well that in our battles, often it isn't entirely about us. We're going to get through something to come alongside somebody else that is battling something similar or more severe or less. And you get to testify to them and say, I have been there. I have been through this. And God has got your back. Amen. So tonight, the title of my message is this. Are you ready for it? Are we ready for it? Yeah. We're going to have fun in church. We're a fun church. The title of my message is, what are you fighting for? Turn to your neighbor and ask him, are you battle ready? Turn to your other neighbor and ask him, your second choice neighbor. Sorry, second choice neighbor. Let Ask them, are you in a battle right now? You in a battle right now? You in a battle RN? The worst part about being alive in 2018 is I don't get all the acronyms. Like RN, like what does that even mean? It's like right now, bro. What? God, come on, man. All right, so tonight we're coming out of Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. Anybody got a Bible with them? Actual Bible. I saw a few of them when they walked in. Wave your Bible at me. Okay, we got some smartphones. I love the smartphones. If it's an Android, God is not in it. That is not the word of God. It is not infallible. It doesn't count. I have an Android, and uh, I'm in disobedience. Pray for me. Um, but tonight, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, I think apples have given the church enough problems, right? Kidding. That was a stupid joke. I'm sorry. All right. Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. I'm coming out of the NLT. I really love the NLT. Uh, I love most translations of the Bible. So uh, if you're there, say there. There. That was weak. All right. Cool. And it's also going to be up on the, on the Big Bible. We have actually figured out our program in a way of not having to manually enter these things, but we can just type in the verse and stuff, and it pops up, and it's great. Like, God is just good. Um, 
to me because I'm incapable. It's sad. Um, but he's awesome. So Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. Ready? All right. And I love how this starts off, by the way, because it's almost like, like Paul just kind of stops and starts sometimes. It's, it's really funny. You'll see what I mean in a second. He goes, verse 10, a final word followed by at least 60 to 80 more words. <laughs> All right, Paul. He says this. He says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor. Somebody say, put on all. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able. Somebody say, stand firm. No, say it like you believe it. Stand firm. Thank you. Against all strategies of the devil. Verse 12. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. Verse 13. Therefore, put on every piece of the armor of God so that you will be able to resist. Somebody say, put on every piece. Every piece. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in time of evil. Then, after the battle, you will be standing firm. Somebody say, stand firm. Verse 14, stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. Somebody say, fully fully prepared in addition to all of these hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of your spirit which is the word of God verse 18 pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere sound good fantastic well before we go any further, I just want to pray one more time tonight uh, and just believe for God to move in this next few moments. Does that sound good? Jesus, I thank you that you love us. God, I thank you that you didn't just go to the cross, what last week represents, that you didn't just go to the cross, Jesus, and leave us hanging, God, where we were. But God, you love us enough to love us right where we are, but to take us further than we could ever believe we could ever go of ourselves, Jesus. And so I thank you, God, that as we go into this series battle ready, Jesus, that you truly want to make your church ready for battles, God. You have called us conquerors. You have called us the head, not the tail, Jesus. You've called us sons and daughters. We don't catch L. We take W's, Jesus. And so I thank you, God, for what you're going to do in and through this, this community and this room and this house of believers. Jesus, Holy Spirit, have your way. God, give us ways. Maybe we've been battling things tonight. Maybe we've been battling things for six months, God. Whatever it is, if we've been going through stuff, God, give us a fresh insight tonight. Holy Spirit, and tell us and show us, God, and enable us to go back into Monday, kick the devil in the teeth, and claim the victory that is rightfully ours. In Jesus' mighty name, a church set. Amen. I just said kick the devil in the teeth. Can you make some more noise if you believe that tonight? So I love this. And I love this passage. I don't know yet if uh, usually when I come up with these serious titles and messages, I will decide if I'm going to have... Uh, like one overarching uh, kind of scripture that we're going to go out of or one story or, or maybe it's just concept, whatever. So I haven't decided yet if I'm going to preach out of Ephesians 6, 10 through 18 more than this, but I can guarantee you that I'm going to preach out of Ephesians 6, 10 through 18 for years and years to come because this is absolutely amazing piece of scripture and it really breaks things down for us and I really want to pick it apart tonight. Does that sound good? I want to dig in tonight. All right. Somebody come get this water from me because I'm, I'm over it. All right. 
So the reason I named this message tonight, what are we fighting for, is because I think this is a very real question that every single one of us need to ask ourselves. Because man, it is 2018, we got done just talking about the wild that we are all living in. It is 2018 and there are things going on that are inexplainable, that are heartbreaking, that are soul crushing. Uh, you can't turn on a television, you can't go into a gas station, you can't get on your phone without seeing heartbreaking, just world shattering news um, where your heart is just breaking for individuals and, and the state of things. Like, it's a crazy time that we live in. And I think for a lot of us, because we love Jesus, and chances are if you love Jesus, you have some sort of drive inside you to want to fight for something or someone. And actually, I think that's kind of human nature at the end of the day. You were created in the image of God, and God is always fighting for us and will always fight uh, against the devil or the enemy for us. And so you were made to fight. And so I think for a lot of us, the question isn't, are you fighting? The question is, what are you fighting for? The question is, what hill are you willing to die on? The question is, what sword are you willing to lay down on? What, 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 what person or people group or, or situation that's going on in this world are you and I willing to put our lives and our talent and our gifts and our money and our reputation on the line for to win? Because I bet you know this, because I know it, but in this life, there are things that are worth fighting for and there sure is things that are not worth fighting for. Amen. We got battles that are worth it and we got battles that, you know what, we don't even need to be in the conversation. And so I want to dig into this tonight because I really, man, I, I think for a lot of us, it's, it's really hard to wrap our heads around this because I think in 2018, we live in a time and a place where, again, everybody's just kind of raging against the machine if I can. Don't judge me for knowing that band. Uh, although I have a funny story about Rage Against the Machine if you want to talk to me after service because it's not message appropriate. Anyways, it involves a cop in a church and a great thing. It's hilarious. You should hear it. Um, and two in the morning. Good things happen at two in the morning, right? Crazy things. Good stories. Tell your friends. It's great. So, but in this life, I often I find ourselves fighting against the wrong things. And so I want to break this down because uh, in Ephesians, I think it's 10, that first verse, um, he says this, again, he says, final word, definitive. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Verse 11, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against rulers and authorities of the unseen world. We are fighting against mighty powers in the dark world and against evil spirits in heavenly places. And so this, this verse right off the get, uh, Paul, Jesus, all of them, the whole Bible, man, this thing's non-negotiable. So he straight up says, final word word. Our fight is, we are in a fight, hands down. You're going to be in a fight. If you're not in a fight now, you're going to go into a fight. If you just found victory in one, you're going to try and get victory in the other one. You are going into a fight. We all are. This is the Christian life. And so I think it's hilarious that definitively he just says one final word, put on the whole armor of God, and that our fight is not against flesh and blood, but of rulers and darkness and all of these things. And so I love it because I think for a lot of us, again, getting back to what are we willing to fight for, I think for a lot of us, we have this misconception that our fight is actually, is actually against flesh and blood. I came to tell you tonight, Takeover Church, that your fight uh, is not against flesh and blood. Not even close. I, I want to tell you this tonight too. Please hear me when I say this. Will you take a look around tonight? Will you look at your neighbor right now, to your left and to your right? Take a look around. See who's behind you. These people are not your enemy. When you leave here tonight, I want to encourage you to take a drive around this city. 
The city is gorgeous that night. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's gorgeous that night. Every single area. It doesn't matter if it's streets that you haven't traveled yet. It's, if it's here at Oakdale or Boston Square or Madison or way over on the northwest side, this, this place is beautiful at night. Tons of different places and faces and people, different histories and background. It is beautiful at night. I love it. But take a look around. I want to encourage you because those people aren't your enemy. I want to encourage you to take a look around this uh, state, this country, this world, because those people aren't your enemy. Our enemy, the Bible makes it very clear, is the devil. John 10, 10 says, a thief who is the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come so that you can have life and life abundantly. Amen. Life and life to the full, my favorite translation says. And so we don't fight against flesh and blood. And we are very misguided in this sometimes. I'm misguided in this sometimes because I see injustices and I see these things going on. And I want to get angry and I want to get excited and I want to post on Facebook. Hello. But God brings you back to this and he's like, Matt, your fight isn't against the guy in the White House. Yeah. My fight isn't against... Don't get me wrong, there are definitely injustices in this world. Okay, There are. And I'm never going to sugarcoat that. And I think if you've been a part of Takeover Church for the nine weeks so far, if you heard me uh, preach one time, you are going to understand that I don't draw a line in the sand against people. We are four people here at Takeover Church. And so I want to tell you tonight that our fight is never and can never be against flesh and blood because when we make each other the enemy, we lose any fight we're in. Because man, I see it all the time. There are Christians and God bless them and I love them and I want to have a conversation with them and I want to take them out to coffee and I want to implore them, homie, stay off Facebook. Anybody know them? You know what I'm talking about? Like, God bless you. Like, I, I really think your, your motives are pretty, are, are well, but I also think they're a bit off because, man, like, what would our lives look like as Christians if, if, we, if we took the amount of time and energy spent on researching things that are happening that we hate, researching things that are going on that make us angry, uh, finding legislature and laws and all of these things, or posting this blog that somebody wrote? What if we took that time and energy that went into that, that we then posted on Facebook, well, we took that time and energy and we put it into the Word of God, finding out what God's heart for people is, how what God's heart for communicating with people was. What if we took that time, what would our life look like? I guarantee your heart would be a lot more fuller because you'd be filling it up with good things all the time. You wouldn't be depressed. You wouldn't have anxiety about the way this world is. You would just be filling it with what God's Word says for His people and what His overarching plan for the world is, which is what? Reconciling it back onto Him self. What would our neighbors look like, man? I got to tell you, I, I met with a guy not too long ago, and, and a thing I said to him is what I'm going to say to you tonight is this. When we make our enemies flesh and blood, we might win an argument, but we will lose a heart every time. There is no argument that is worth winning that loses us the heart of a person to speak into and to reach and to talk and to, and to spur on to their God-given potential. There is no Facebook blog post. Uh, we're on the gram. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're doing the whole nine yards. There is no Twitter rant that we could go on in 2018 that is worth pushing somebody away from having a conversation with them about how great God of the universe love for them is. And, I, and I, I don't know if it's for the Christian, if it's proximity or it's location or what it is, but I know for me, for Matt McClure, 
I'm in Grand Rapids. I need to worry about Grand Rapids. I can't worry about the White House. Hands down. Hands down. God has me in Grand Rapids. I'm not on the Grand Rapids City Council yet. Hello. One day. That'd be so cool, right? Can you imagine me on the City Council? <laughs> what up, G-Rap? We in it. Uh, what did he say? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but I'm not on the city council. But I am a Christian in Grand Rapids and I walk these streets every single day and I have the power of Christ inside me through the Holy Spirit to be a light in the darkness. And so wherever I avoid, darkness can invade. And I know for me, what I can do is spend that time instead of being concerned with this and concerned with that and ranting on this and ranting on that. For me as Matt McClure in my position, what God has given me in this life, man, I can put all that attention. Like what would that person's life look like? What would my life look like if instead of those hours spent doing that and harboring all that headspace and heart space for things that we just detest and people that we hate and all of these things, what would the lives of our neighbors look like? What would our kids look like if instead of being on Facebook doing that, we were with our kids telling them how much Jesus loves them, how much you love them? What would our friends and our neighbors in the homeless community here in Grand Rapids look like instead of spending the two hours on Facebook fighting with somebody who you don't even know anymore? You met them in high school and you guys just split on the Democratic-Republican line, but instead you were down at uh, Meltrotter and Guiding Light and Degashay serving people for those two hours instead. Like, what would lives look like if we picked our battles, if we knew what we were fighting for, if we decided what we were fighting for was actually worth it or not. Am I preaching to anybody tonight? Take over church. Your fight is not against flesh and blood. It's not. Oh, but Matt, like, there's that verse and it says, uh, you know, the, the Bible, is, it's a double-edged sword. It's a truth, right? And, and, and we need to cut people down. Like, they need to know the truth. We got to go up and Bible bash them. We got to let them know. They got to know the truth. Oh, okay, if that's really how you feel. Yeah, we got to let them know, man. We got to fight. There are evil people. Like, what if the devil's using people? Okay. What if he's using people, Matt? Well, okay. Uh, then I guess how what we do what the Bible says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We hit them with a sword of truth, right? We cut them right down. No. Our battles with people who might be misguided or might not understand or might not see the world for what it is, the way you and I get to see it through the lens of the cross of Jesus Christ, they might not see it the way it is. So you know how we win a fight with them? With our hands and how we serve them and with our lips when we're praying for them. The Bible says that we pray for our enemies. We are to serve our enemies. You might have enemies, but they're not in this room and they're not people. They are an enemy. His name is the devil and it is not anybody of a physical being. And if you have, it, if you have beef, eat it and serve them with your hands and pray for them with your lips because only the Holy Spirit can take you from being an adversary into an advocate for your enemy. That's the only thing that's going to change this. And so I want to encourage you to take over church tonight as we get moving along a little bit more in this message. Man, our fight is not against flesh and blood. It is against the powers of darkness. And so if you feel so inclined to tell somebody the truth, how about the truth instead of, hey, how you're living is this and what you're doing is this and the people you're hanging out with is this. How about you tell them, why don't you come to church with me because I think Jesus really loves you and he's compelled me to get out of the seat and come to you, co-worker, who I have beef with at the water cooler because you tell inappropriate jokes. And I got to tell you, man, I think Jesus really wants to do something great with your life. Like there's more. And man, I, again, I think so much of being battle ready is just recognizing that not every fight is our fight. Not every fight is our fight. 
Man, we're not on Capitol Hill. That's awesome. You vote. I'm all for it. But while you're voting, and while you're watching CNN, and while you're watching Fox News, and while we're doing these things, is C-SPAN still a thing? God bless it. While we're watching these things, man, how about we're putting more time into praying for our neighbors and our enemies? How about we're serving? How about we're loving? How about we're giving? Because again, every single one of these fights are going to cost us something. And guess what, man? For me, I got no problem, do- problem laying down my reputation for somebody. But I'm not going to be caught laying down my reputation as somebody who's a Jesus follower to get in some petty fight on Facebook. Man, let's get together. Let's have coffee. Let's talk. I want to hear your side and I want to hear my side. And let's just talk about it because my side is the side of Jesus and your side is clearly not at the moment. But I think if we got down to the issue, I think you would see that Jesus probably agrees with your side a lot. And I think that you would see that God loves you a lot. And I think that there's more for you than Facebook arguments a lot. And I really got to move on. But again, I just want to tell everybody, it's not against flesh and blood. There is not a person on this earth that is your enemy. There is nobody that you were born. There is no, uh, that you were born to do battle against. No person, color, tribe, tongue, creed, background, history. Nobody on this earth was placed here to be your enemy. Everybody was placed on this earth for you and me that's awake and alive to go to them and love them right where they are. For the glory of God, amen. You guys having fun tonight? Oh, man. And so I love this next piece of, of the verse. He says this. Man, I'm sorry. I got to keep drinking water. Final word. Put on the armor of God that you stand firm against the strategies of the devil. Pause. It's the devil, man. We got an enemy in this world and he sucks. I have no problem saying sucks in church. He is the enemy and he sucks. Like, I just say kick the devil in the teeth because I think he needs it. And my whole goal in life uh, is to obviously bring people to Jesus, pull them out of darkness and bring them to Jesus. But I'm going to spend the next 80 years of my life till they put me in the grave, making him pay for every single soul he's taken from us. Amen. Because I'm not interested in catering to the devil or catering the culture. What we are interested in is seeing people come alive. So here is the devil and he says, put on the armor of God that you may stand firm against the strategies of the devil. The devil knows that you can fight. The devil also knows that you can win. So what the devil is going to spend his time doing is this. If you're a Christian, you've come alive, right? Here, let me, let me break this down for you a little bit more. If you're a Christian, you've come alive, okay? Uh, for we, we talked about it uh, Sunday. Uh, Christianity isn't about uh, good people getting a little bit better or bad people getting a little bit better. It's not about that. It's about dead people coming alive. We are all dead across the board. Jesus went to the cross. Now we come alive in Christ. It's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives through me. Nobody is better than. We are all equal. The cross of Jesus, the sacrifice of Jesus, is the great equalizer of all men, hands down, period. So we are all equal in this. And so, man, when we came alive, well, suddenly we were an issue for hell. I got people coming up to me going, yeah, I gave my life to Jesus, and life got a whole bleep of a lot harder. Yeah. Well, you didn't tell me that when, when, you, when you said, raise my hand, give my life to Jesus, that life would actually get harder. You're right. That's a misjustice, and I should have said that to you because the, the, the proof is in this, is that before you came alive, you were a non-issue. But the second you came alive, hell had a target on your back. So yeah, life will get harder, but God, Jesus never promised you, hey, uh, 
easy, uh, what is that, uh, lazy river flow through life in the, sh- in the sun with your sunscreen on and drinking Mai Tais. He never promised that. He, in fact, he said, in this world you have trials and tribulation, but, there's a huge but with God, he says, take heart. I have overcome the world. He has promised to sustain us and to make us thrive and to get us through our battles and to conquer these things. And so, yeah, there might be a target on your back, but the devil ain't ever going to hit it. And so, yeah, he can try and mess things up. And so he gets us. He knows that, man, we're going to fight because we're Christians. We were made to fight. Jesus went to the cross. This fight is fixed. He's already won. We fight from a place of victory, guaranteed. And so the devil, he knows that. So what is he going to do? Well, what the devil does, he's going to get us busy fighting the wrong fights. And one of the wrong fights is this. He's going to get us fighting people. He's going to get us fighting uh, issues and things that don't actually matter to Jesus. What matters to Jesus is people. And so if the devil can get us busy and, and, and thriving, doing all these other things, spending all this other time away from our God-given plan of loving people, then, man, that's how the devil's going to win. But, God, but, but Paul right here, he just says, uh, put on the armor of God that you can stand firm against the devil. The devil's goal isn't that you would quit fighting. It's that you would fight the wrong things. It's that you get so busy not fighting for your neighbor that you're fighting every other fight that's completely out of your hands, completely out of your control. All you can do is lift most of these things up in prayer and believe that God's going to intervene. But you can be fighting for your neighbor. You can be fighting for your fellow man. You can be fighting for your fellow woman. You can be doing these things. But for a lot of us, we just get busy fighting the wrong fights. Am I preaching to anybody tonight? Let me skip around here a little bit. Man... Where we at? There we are. I went way further than I was planning on already. (laughs) Love when that happens. But I love this. So we're going to get to that last part of the verse here. And it says, put on the full armor of God daily. And I think that's really interesting that it says the word daily because, put on the full armor of God daily because for the Christian and for the human, our issue is this. We only do things when we know something's coming, right? I, I get snow tires because I know the snow's coming. I definitely get Valentine's gift from my wife a week in advance because I know it's coming, and if I don't, I'm going to forget. Like, we do things when we know something's coming. But how many of you guys know that not every battle you've come across and every fight that you've been in isn't one that you've chose? Man, we are going to wake up, and we have a great night here in church, and God is good, and he is faithful, and we love him, and it's been so awesome, and we're just on this, like, Holy Spirit, high roller, holy rolling high right now, and we're like, I'm going to go take on the world, I'm going to kick the devil in the teeth, and man, we're going to see victory tomorrow, Then they're going to wake up, and all of a sudden, there is a flat tire, <laughs> and you were just like, Lord, I haven't even been on any dirt roads. Like, what is going on? You know? And so we're going to do these things, and all of a sudden we're going to have these situations that happen to us. But Paul here is encouraging us, put on the armor of God daily. We're going to get to what the armor of God looks like in a second. Put on it daily. Because for us, our human condition is this. Oh, man, I know i got a big meeting at work tomorrow, so I better spend some extra time in prayer today to make sure my spirit's right. Oh, I know that the doctor is going to be calling and I don't know what the results are going to have, but I better get in the Word and find that out right now. Oh, I know that I need to have this conversation with my spouse and it's very difficult and I need to admit some things that are going on. And so I better start worshiping prayer in my living room right now because I need to be psyched up and ready for this conversation. But Paul is contradicting that notion because that's human condition. He is saying, no, put on the armor of God daily. 
whether it's a battle you choose today or a battle that chooses you or whether you don't find yourself in a battle at all today, be built up in God because suddenly you're going to come and there's going to be a battle that you're going to have to fight and you haven't gotten yourself ready for it. You haven't put on the armor of God. You didn't prioritize. We have, uh, I love the phrase, what, first 15, five minutes in the word, five minutes in prayer, five minutes in worship. It's easy to do. Prioritize some time with God every single day and get yourself ready. Get yourself in a good mindset. Get yourself in a place with God where it doesn't it matter what arrows come flying at you. You got that shield out ready to go. You got that sword out ready to go. You got the belt of truth around you that says, devil, try your baddest because I know what my God says. It's like a UFC WWE championship belt right around you that says you are a Holy Spirit heavyweight. You know what the Lord says? Come at me, devil. I got the truth. Amen. That was an awesome analogy that's not in my notes. Oh, man. But for the Christian, so often the armor of God for us is a last-ditch effort rather than being treated like our birthright, or rather our rebirthright. Suddenly prayer is a last resort instead of our first response. Suddenly the word, and I love how I said this, the word, the truth, becomes a place of convenience rather than a place of peace. We make the Bible a place of convenient. It was convenient for me on this Tuesday morning to get some word in. My wife took her own car to work and I found myself with an extra 10 minutes. No, no, no. The word and prayer and truth and worship, these things, the armor of God, it can't come out of a place of convenience because peace doesn't always operate when it's convenient to you. You need peace when it's inconvenient and when it's convenient. Amen. And so oftentimes we treat this Bible, we treat our worship, we treat the truth, we treat peace like a last-ditch effort. God, I got a bad report. What does your word say? No, 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 no. I'm searching for a verse. I'm doing this thing instead of already having on the inside of us because I have prioritized having time with God on the daily. Amen. Is this good for anybody tonight? Are you feeling battle ready tonight? Man, you may not be able to choose every single battle, but you can choose to be ready for every single battle. And I want to move on to the rest of these verses. Worship team, you can start making your way back up here. And it's this because I want to, I want to read this and break down verses 13 through 18. What's up, Bunk? Come here often? It's good to see you. The podcast is going to love that. All right, verses 13 through 18. Are you guys ready? Yep. Somebody say, I'm ready. 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 I'm ready. Somebody say, not by might. Not, not by, by might. might. Somebody say, not by power. Not by power. But by your. Spirit. But by your. Spirit. But by your. Spirit. Thank you. Verse 13, therefore put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, somebody say after the battle. After the battle. battle. Again, not the battle you chose, the battle that chose you. Maybe you chose this battle. However you found yourself in the current situation or circumstance doesn't actually matter whether it chose you or you chose it. It says, so after the battle, period, you will be standing firm. Verse 14, stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth. We just talked about this. Truth is what holds it all together. It is the Holy Spirit heavyweight championship of the world. You know what God says about you no matter what people or society tries to label you. No matter what your work tries to say about you, what they try and gossip and slander about you, the truth holds it all together. You know what God says about you. You are his workmanship and his masterpiece. He looked down upon man and woman on that day and he said, land, trees, whales, cool things, 
is good. But he looked at human beings and he said, it is very good. So good that he made you and crafted you and formed you in his own image. That's the truth. That's what that belt of truth holds together. Right here. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. Righteousness protects you. Because it's no longer I that live, that Christ lives through me. In fact, the Bible says we are hidden in his righteousness. So righteousness protects you. The devil, he's going to pull back his bow. He's going to throw some dicey arrows at you. He's going to throw some shade. He's going to put some people in your way. It's a roadblock. But that isn't even going to puncture you. It can't puncture your breastplate. Because your righteousness was never designed to be punctured. Because Jesus already went to the cross and was punctured for that righteousness. You cannot be punctured. No matter how many arrows may look like 300 is coming at you as you are Spartan at it. None of those arrows can puncture your breastplate. Christ paid for that. Amen. Amen. Yeah. 15. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. Fully prepared for what? Battle. Again, that battle is not contingent upon whether you chose it or not. That battle is a matter of fact of life. And the other matter of fact of life for the Christian, the Jesus follower, is that no matter whether you chose it or not, you got peace. And you can walk in it. You can lace up your shoes. You can put on your boots. You can waffle stop your way through whatever is coming at you because you have peace and it's guaranteed. You may feel like it's chaotic. You may feel like the world is shaking. Your earth is shaking. If things are going on outside you, your marriage is rocky, whatever it is. But with God, if you choose it, Put on the armor of God. You can have some peace. Amen. Verse 16. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery devils of the arrow. Faith will always keep pushing you forward. doesn't matter the onslaught against you. If you got faith, oh man, you can, you can go through anything. If you know that Jesus is for you, not against you, you can go through anything. It doesn't matter, again, what anybody does because your enemy isn't flesh and blood. So therefore, flesh and blood can't really come against you in that kind of way. So you can keep pushing. You can push through. It doesn't matter what comes against you. You got a shield. Amen. Verse 17, put on the salvation as your helmet. I love this. I love that salvation is your helmet, church. Oh, woo! I love it. Can I tell you why? Because you can phrase it this way. This is the McClure translation. That's my last name, McClure. This is the McClure Living Translation right here. You can say this, put on the helmet that is your salvation because salvation will keep you from losing your head. Yeah. Salvation will keep you from losing your cool. Salvation is what will keep you planted firmly in God's promises and His truth about your life. I am saved. Christ went to the cross. There is, the Bible says, there is no death, no persecution, no power, no darkness that can separate me from the love of God. And I believe that tonight. Do you? Yeah. That you can put on the helmet of salvation and you don't got to lose your cool, you don't got to lose your head, but you can have peaceful conversations with people. Yep. And take the sword that we were talking about earlier. Pick up your sword of spirit, which is the word of God, which is the word of God. And I love this. It's the Bible, the word of God. We got to be in it daily. That's the armor we got to put on. Why? Because if we don't know what God says about us, we're going to believe what everybody else says about us. If we don't believe what God says about our situation, we're going to believe what everybody else says about our situation. We got a sword not to cut through the, 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 uh, the lies and the fallacy of man, but we have a we have the word of God to cut through the lies and the shade and the things that the devil tries to come your way and throw at you. We know what the God we know what God says. Devil, get behind me. 
We know what it says. You are underneath my feet. Romans 16, 19. The God of peace will soon crush Satan. Oh, he will crush him underneath his feet. I know what the Bible says, Satan. You have no place in my marriage. You have no place in my body. You have no place. I have no sickness. You have no place in my workplace. Devil, you got to get behind me. Amen. I got a sword and we are made to use it. Amen, church. Yeah. Verse 18. We got a sword. Some of, I want to get to that real quick. But some of us, man, we're feeling ill-equipped. But God, he already did everything on that cross to make you equipped. He's given you this armor. I'm going to get to verse 18 in a second, but I'm going to stay on this just a second with that sword. Man, church, some of us will lay down for a lot of things. And I understand because I'm human too. Adrienne just got a phone call the other day from the doctor. And she had to go to an appointment. And honestly, if we were at another place in our life or whatever it would have been, man, we probably would have laid down for it too. But for us, prayer wasn't our last-ditch effort, man. It was our first response. We knew what the Word of God said. We got a sword, church. You got a sword. And so if the Bible says you're healed, then you're healed. If you have healing, it's available to you. All we got to do is pick that thing up, and we got to cut through it, man. If it says that you're empowered, you're empowered. If it calls you holy, then you're holy. It doesn't matter what Saturday might have looked like. Holiness isn't about performance, it's about position. And your position, if you follow Jesus, it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives through me. You are holy. There is no shame. There is no guilt. God, when, it, when the devil comes at you with shame and guilt, you got those voices in your head. There is no condemnation for those that are in Christ, my Bible says. So we got a sword. Verse 18. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert. And be persistent in your prayers for believers everywhere. Pray in the Spirit on every occasion, every battle, whether you chose it or not, whether you got an opportunity or not, whether suddenly you had some confusing circumstances or not. It doesn't matter. Every occasion. Man, we got the Holy Spirit. We have God inside us, guiding us, loving us, pushing us forward on every occasion in every fight in every battle mountaintop or valley low we are praying in the spirit because God is alive in us today church he is alive in this world and he is moving and active he is bigger he is mightier he is quicker he is more powerful than anything else that you've ever been fed anything else that's ever been said about you and you won't know it and you won't tap into it unless you're putting on the armor of God. No matter how deep you might feel like you're sinking, you lace up your shoes in peace. You can walk on the bottom of the ocean. It doesn't matter if it's over your head or not. It's still underneath God's feet. Amen. Yeah. Man, it doesn't matter how tall the waves might appear, but the truth of the matter is you got a shield. As you can bat away every single wave that comes your way. And when that undertow comes for you to take you unsuspectingly, you got a sword to cut that beast right in half. There is not a single thing that can lay hands on you. Because we have a truth. We have all these things. We are sealed in his righteousness. It's not I that live. It's not Matt that, I, man, this is too good to be true to Matt. But because it's the God, it is Jesus. He has created everything. He came, defeated death, hell, sin, and the grave, and rose again. Man, this is the most truest thing on this earth. And so I'm going to believe it, and I'm going to proclaim it, and I'm going to lift it up over my life, and over my wife's life, and over your life, Fred, and everybody's life, and Brendan's life. 
Because, man, this is the word of God, and what he says about us is true. Man, if Jesus was already punctured, he's going to keep those arrows from us. He's already done it, church. He's already won. And because he won, that we will win. Can you stand up? We're going to get ready to go back into one more worship song. And this song is called Give Me Faith. And I want to tell you to sing this out tonight. Because this song is raw and it has emotion and it's honest because that's what the church should be. It's honest. Because honestly, you could be going through things, but honestly, you also have a victory. You can honestly be going against the biggest wave that's come against you. But honestly, God has called you an overcomer. We are more than conquerors, the Bible says. And so church, we're going to sing this tonight. Give me faith, God. It might look grim, but I can still win, Jesus. It might look bad, but I can still go through it, God. It might be the worst thing to ever come against my house, but Jesus, you've called me blessed. So God, give us faith tonight to believe you, Jesus. Yes. Hallelujah.